the original meaning of goal was jail. And so if you set a goal and you accomplish that goal and you don't acknowledge it, you will set about destroying it so you can start over so you can accomplish it. Like it or not, you, me, and everyone else, we all have a relationship with money. And for the most part, it's a complicated one. My name's Sean Maslick. Welcome to the Most Hated F-Word Podcast. As a certified financial planner, I want to take you on a journey as we throw out the technical finance books and shift our focus towards our minds, our money, and what matters most. If you're looking to improve your relationship with money and build true wealth, you're in the right spot. Finances does not need to be the most hated F-Word. Welcome back to the Most Hated F-Word Podcast. I am pleased you are here for another episode. This week, we are talking to Dr. Dane here. Before we get into this episode, I have a favor. If you've been enjoying these episodes, if you find them valuable, I would ask one favor. If you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. So who is Dr. Dane here? He is a world-renowned author, speaker, and facilitator of workshops that have been delivered all around the world. He's the author of nine books on many topics such as money, healing, relationships, and consciousness. I actually found Dean through his book, Money Isn't the Problem, You Are. At first, I wasn't sure what to make of his book. It took a much different angle or point of view than I was used to. At first, the book felt as though it had a little too much power of positive thinking. But then, as I started to read the book more and engage with it, I realized that I was shutting myself down to receiving this new information, which was interesting because much of what the book's premise centers around how if we aren't able to receive money, then we're not going to have a good relationship with money. The book talks about how we need to start harnessing the flow and energy of both inside of ourselves and the energy that money creates. And again, as I said, at first I was a little skeptical, but the more I engaged and read this book, I started to realize that, yeah, money does have this energy, this unseen energy that we have a hard time understanding what it does to impact us in our relationship with money. In this book, Dane does a great job of showing how over the years, his company, Access Consciousness, has been attempting to harness this unseen power and energy that lies within everything. Dane is the co-founder of Access Consciousness, where they believe everything exists and nothing is judged to live a dynamically different life. Dane explains consciousness is the ability to be present in your life in every moment without judgment of you or anyone else. It's the ability to receive everything, reject nothing, and create everything you desire in life. Greater than what you currently have and more than what you could ever imagine. Access Consciousness is available in more than 170 countries around the world and They've contributed to helping hundreds of thousands of people around the world over the last 30 years. The more I read about Dane, the more I knew I needed to have him on the podcast. You'll see our conversation is engaging, entertaining, 
we talk about the energy that comes along with our money and how often we just aren't open to receive that energy and how we can live our lives joyfully while having ease with money. Why do we use money to justify so many of our decisions and how our unconscious beliefs around money are often keeping us stuck? Dane's approach and point of view is much different than most of the guests who've been on the show. However, I really appreciated hearing Dane discuss his point of view, and it left me thinking hard about how or if I am actually open to receiving the energy that comes along with money. Well, I hope you enjoy this fascinating conversation with Dr. Dane here. I am excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. I'm excited too. Let's do this thing. Yes, let's do it as I continue to admire your beautiful backyard. Thank you. For people listening, Dane's background is a beautiful... <laughs> just, just picture something beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So there are many places we can start. I had fun looking you up online as I prepared for today. A good place to start would be to rewind 30 years, really test your memory. Let's touch on perhaps a significant statement that you read about 30 years ago. And I'm going to say the statement and you feel free to take it where you want. But the statement was, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. Call Shannon. Let's start there. Oh, I'm crying. Talk about a life transformation. I was at a place where I quite literally had set a date to end my life six months in the future. I was grasping, you know, my Titanic was headed toward the bottom of the ocean really fast. And I came across this ad that said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory, call Shannon. And I was like, hey, what do I have to lose? It just, something about it struck me and I had no idea what it was. And I had said at that point where I had made that choice that I was out of here if things didn't change. I said, universe, either my life really changes this time or I'm out six months. This was a week after saying that massive, you know, F you to the universe by little Dane. And so I went and I had an access consciousness session that lasted about an hour and 15 minutes. And I giggled through most of this session. And literally in an hour and 15 minutes, I went from depressed and suicidal and wanting to die to having a gratitude for being alive. And it was the beginning of transforming everything, but also making me aware that that level of transformation that fast was actually possible. And I figured, shit, if it can happen for me, man, it can happen for anybody. And, you know, it's an interesting thing to look back that far and recognize what I thought about myself and, and who I thought I was that I have since learned is absolutely, most of it was not true, but I didn't know that at the time and I had no reference point for who I actually was. And so as I started using access consciousness tools, because this body of work, it, it's about the tools. It, it's not about me. It's not about Gary, the founder. It, it's not about the personality of the person facilitating it. It's about what gift can the person receiving it receive in their own life about their own knowing so that they can actually create 
the magical life that they're actually capable of. Thank you for that answer. There's many different doors that you created there. Much of the desire of this podcast is to figure out how we can potentially use money and our money stories as a portal into ourselves so that we could create these changes like you experienced. Money's just, it just sticks to those unmet parts of us that are just wanting to be seen. And we confuse that money's the problem. My business partner and I wrote a book called Money's Not the Problem You Are. So <laughs> I would highly, highly concur, my friend. I, I enjoyed it. I read it. And I have some questions about it. And before I go there, though, so people listening are like, an hour and a half access consciousness changes life. What, what is this? I mean, this is a big question. <laughs> but for someone listening, be like, hold on, what is access consciousness? How did it do that so fast? What would you say? I have no clue. I just know that it works, you know? And to a certain degree, it acknowledges something in each person. What I would say is their their being, the being they actually are. Because one of our concepts is that you're an infinite being. And if you look at that, would an infinite being ever, for example, have a money problem? And the answer, of course, is no. So what we're doing is we're walking around living in this world that, as far as I can tell, is probably a virtual reality that we keep inventing every day with our points of view. You know, your point of view creates your reality. Reality does not create your point of view. It's like one of the things I noticed growing up was that my family had a lot of struggles with money. I mean, a lot. And yet I had some friends who their families didn't struggle with money at all. And I realized, wow, they have a totally different point of view about money, so it just shows up for them. And then I thought to myself, I want a point of view more like that. <laughs> Why am I held on to this one, you know? But it was very challenging to dislodge it because, like you said, money sticks to those unmet parts of ourselves. And I would also say those unacknowledged parts of ourselves. And to a certain degree, the parts of ourselves where we're buying a lie about who we actually are. Because if we wouldn't, our lives would look very different. We would not have blame, shame, regret, and guilt. We would not have doubt. We would not have fear. We would not have anxiety. We would not have stress. These are all manufactured items based on us not truly allowing ourselves to truly be us and know what is true for us. You know, which is why I wrote Being You, Changing the World, because I wanted people within one book to be able to go from, I'm living my life in the way that I am, and I know there's something else possible, or would like to be something else to be possible, to, holy cow, I've actually got way more of a sense of me now. Because when you live in integrity with what's actually true for you, things show up as if by magic. Like, for me, that session... I mean, I tell people that, and this is exactly what happened. And yet I tell people that, and it's like, I might as well have just told them, yes, I just ate a car, you know, for, <laughs> for as much as they can let it into their world, you know? It was funny, I saw, I think it was Eddie Izzard. And if you haven't seen him, he's just very funny comedian, very bright man. And he was being interviewed on a talk show because he had done something like 21 marathons in 21 days. He told people this. He's like, yeah, I just did you know, my 21st marathon. And he's like, they just can't process it. It's like, no, you can't do that. And it's like, well, yeah, but I just did. But you can't. 
But I did, you know, like that kind of thing. And what I see with the access consciousness tools is the change is dynamic and the change is faster than anything else I've ever seen, which is, of course, why I do it. You just make me think about how we have this desire to be seen, heard, and loved, but we distract ourselves. Money's a good distractor for ourselves that we we try to be someone else or do other things and don't listen to ourselves. And I feel like it's that disconnect that you're talking about of not being ourselves that causes a lot of discontentment. Yes. And also we use whatever it is that we've learned to use as a source of continuously judging ourselves. And a lot of people use money for that. And, you know, it's like my relationship to money, my feelings about money, all of this is reason and justification for why I'm wrong. And that is one of the biggest ways in which we shoot ourselves in the foot continuously. And it's interesting because one of the tools of access is to recognize that what's true for you makes you lighter. A lie for you makes you heavier. And what you see is, let's take money as an example, though you could put it in relationship or body or self-esteem, like all of these areas. But if we use money as an example, what we've been conditioned to do is to somehow dive into those things that are the heaviest or the most intense. You know, we take the things that are most heavy and then we believe our job is to somehow deal mostly with that and try to bring lightness to it. But you can't bring truth to an inherent lie. The only thing you can do that will lighten your world is acknowledge that it's a lie for you. It may be true for somebody else, but we assume that these things that are heavy are things that we must dive into and live with because we see everybody else on the planet doing it. If we look at, for example, we all have heard of or know a lot of people who have a lot of money, but they also seem inherently unhappy. You know, I knew one lady and she and her husband had tens of millions of dollars and she was one of the most depressed people I've ever met in my life. And the reason was because she actually had no problems. So she had to invent problems. So she didn't seem like somebody who had no problems because she had money. So that already made people judge her. And it was like, it was so interesting to observe. And so there's so few examples of somebody living their life joyfully contributing to others, having a good time doing it, and having ease with money. And it's insane to me. And yet, it's endemic in our world. And so, I'm so grateful for the people listening to this podcast where they're looking for something different, you know? Because you truly can have ease with money. And what I and that's another point. What I would suggest asking for, because asking you shall receive actually works. It's one of the things that actually works, okay? What I would suggest asking for is actually ease with money. What most people do is they try to see money as a solution to whatever problem they're currently having or they've decided they have. So you'll hear somebody go, yeah, I want $100 million. And well, why do they want $100 million? Because then they don't have to think about money anymore and they think that will solve all their problems. And let's face it, the difficulty is, they're not congruent with having $100 million, which is why $100 million doesn't show up because quantum physics tells us when you're congruent with it and become it, then it shows up because that's how the universe works, which also speaks to that thing of your point of view creates your reality. Reality doesn't create your point of view. It's basically really simply stating quantum physics. And so with the idea of 
this with money and the struggle and how we're trying to use it as a solution, one way around that is to actually ask for ease with money. And ease with money is, hey, here it is. I've got ease, like being around it. I've got ease touching it. I've got ease having it come in. I've got ease having it go out. I've got ease with every asset. I've got ease knowing what to do with it. And if we would allow that, that creates a space from which possibilities can be chosen. And it also reorients us from, I must solve this money problem for X, Y, Z reason into, oh, ease with money is actually a space from which creation can occur. And so it's also the space from which you can allow money to become part of your life. And that is something most people avoid dynamically. I do a lot of work with people who want to change their money situation. Most of the people who have the most struggle with money actually don't like money. Why would you not? Well, there's lots of reasons for that. Mostly our past with our parents and other people around us and their points of view and and all that sort of stuff that we adopt. But I remember one time I was driving with my mom and her sisters up in Idaho. And here we are in our like our 12-year-old car that was basically like duct taped together, you know, and and this side of the family had like some big money issues. We were driving and we got passed by this convertible Mercedes. These people just were hauling ass and they went around us and and I was like, oh my God, cool car. And they looked at me and they said, Dane, those people with money aren't happy. And it was so funny because I very clearly remembered. I was only like 12 or 13 and I looked at the people in the car and I'm like, they couldn't be any less happy than you. And it was in that moment that I realized there's some weird shit going on here with people and their need to be right about having a money problem. Super interesting. Um, call that the finan- a financial flashpoint, an emotionally charged event around money that creates a narrative. If we leave it unchecked, it really influences yeah. how we think. I really like how you frame this about asking for ease with money and how you highlighted that we often use money as the solution. You know, as you mentioned, that just perpetuates the underlying issue. And that really resonates with me asking for our money or ease with money. I mean, you look at, say, someone like Jeff Bezos, that guy's got more money than he'll ever need. But I guarantee you, he has a lot of money issues. Yeah. People trying to get in it, trying to protect it. And so I like this idea of asking for ease. And it made me think as you're talking, Kyle Cease, I'm sure you're familiar with Kyle Cease. Uh-huh. Yeah. He talks about how money is like, we just always borrow money. We just borrow a bit till it flows through us and flows out. And when we look at it, like the, our relationship is we're just borrowing it. It's like, nah, it comes and goes. I saw a video on this idea of asking for it. And I saw this video, you talking about how asking and you shall receive, I think was the video. And, and in the video, you talk about how if you ask for something with the universe, you write it down, put it in a drawer, go back to that drawer few number of years later, and you'll be surprised what you wrote down and what has happened. I felt like, yeah, when I'm reading this or listening to this, because it's a YouTube video, the energy in me felt good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? It puts me in a positive mind state. And I start like looking for those things probably unconsciously. I've been doing uh, my master's and my head gets too much in the academia world. They're like, where's the research on that? And you know what? Research isn't the end all be all. And that's not necessarily my point. It has been research is not more so 
what is happening if someone's curious about this idea of like if it's because I also feel that you're not on just the power of positive thinking and things will happen. I really get a sense that it's shifting your mindset. So let's talk through that drawer example. You put the note in the drawer, you ask for something, and then a few years down the road, you open it up and it happened. What are you touching on there? What I'm touching on there is asking you shall receive is actually how the universe functions, which sounds so, I don't know, etheric or something, but it's actually not. It's actually very practical and pragmatic if we will allow it to be. So let's just say the idea is write down a list of things you would really like as your life, put it in a drawer, pull it out a year or 18 months later and see what has shown up. Now, that's not to say that for certain of the things on there, you won't specifically work on cognitively to bring into existence. But there's this gift in asking from no point of view and not trying to control it into existence. Because one of the greatest difficulties is we all have projections and expectations of how things should look as they show up and how they should look if they're showing up. And we use that to eliminate what could show up that we could be gifted by this benevolent consciousness that is the universe in which we live. And we're doing it once again with our own point of view. So writing it down, putting it in a drawer, the only reason for writing it down is number one, you acknowledge it. But number two, it's able to be acknowledged after the fact because there are so many things that people ask for that show up for them, but they never acknowledge that they asked. You know, in in working with literally hundreds of thousands of people in the last 22 years, and I'll tell you how many thousands of times I would have somebody who had something show up and then they kind of diminished it. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? And they're like, well, well, you know, kind of not present with it. And I said, okay, so how did this show up for you? They're like, yeah, I got this. And then I made it go away. And I'm like, okay, well, let's back up. How did it show up? I said, was there a point at which you asked for it and didn't acknowledge it? Every time they're like, oh my God, yeah. All I did was, it was just where I just kind of went, oh yeah, I'd like that. And I just kind of threw it out. I didn't even think about it ever again and it showed up. But what happens is when you can acknowledge that you've asked for something and it's shown up in some way you were in control over What it does is it gives you access to that thing, whatever the thing is. And I hate to sound so nondescript in this, but there is an energy in a space. There's a sense, if you will, around asking for something and being congruent with it, which is what allows it to show up. And so in writing it down and then looking back later, it's an acknowledgement that you've asked and you've received Because what usually happens is most of those things on the list have either shown up, shown up greater than you ever imagined, or you can tell they're on their way to showing up in a way that you never could have predicted or controlled into existence. And this is the other thing is it allows us to stop believing that the only way something shows up is if we control it and think about it every day, because that is the death of something different showing up. I'm not saying don't do the work. See, I've also got access to access consciousness tools. So what access consciousness tools do is they change your limiting points of view and they give you access to the space and the awareness of you 
when you're being the unlimited you and that that's actually a possibility. So any limited point of view you realize you have, you use either a clearing statement, you ask a question. We have literally thousands of tools that can be used to change the limiting point of view. So that's where the work is, though. The work is not like, for example, a lot of people have been taught that setting goals is a way to create or change something. And personally, I hate goals. I don't use hate very often. I fucking hate goals. Okay. Now why? Because I used to do that. I was like, okay, I will listen to you. Thank you. You seem to do better than I in life. And so before access, I was like, okay, I would set my long-term goal as well as I could. And then I would break that down into a medium-term goal. And then I broke that down into short-term goals. And then I broke that down into daily goals. And guess what? After about day two, I was already in judgment of myself for not following through on trying to achieve my goals, which had the exact opposite effect. And so when I bring that up, the other thing, and this is interesting that might create some freedom for some people, is the original meaning of goal was jail. And so if you set a goal and you accomplish that goal and you don't acknowledge it, you will set about destroying it so you can start over so you can accomplish it. And so one of the questions I ask people, especially with regards to money is, was there a goal you had for a certain amount of money? And, you know, and I, I'm weird. So I'll go, was there a goal you had for a certain amount of money in this lifetime or some other lifetime that you actually achieved and didn't acknowledge? And now you're actually destroying it so you can go start over on the path to that goal. And then we use this clearing statement, which is a way of changing these limitations when they come up. And it's interesting. Like I was working with a lady the other day. She's like, my business just stopped like dead, like gone, like CPR isn't even helping, you know? And I was like, okay, so let's talk about this. And I said, so she was telling me about how when she was younger, she had a friend and they were growing up in Indiana and they didn't have very much money. These two friends had had this conversation about somebody who was making like $300,000 a year. And they both went, man, if we ever made that, we would have totally arrived. Right. And I said, cool. So how much did you make last year? She went 500,000. I said, when you had that conversation about the 300,000, did you actually set a goal to have that someday? And she went, oh, my God. Yes. I said, so do you accomplish it? She went, yes. And more. I said, so you're killing it so you can start over so you can accomplish it? She went, oh, shit. And what was interesting, and one of the things I love about using these tools and the way that it works is instantly she could tell it was different. See, the way I know we're creating a result, because what I do is primarily all energetic. This conversation is energetic also, you know, and it's just a different way of, of looking at things, but you can tell if it's working because you'll get lighter and you'll have a sense. Whereas everything felt like in her world, for example, everything felt contracted and stopped and she didn't know what it was, but she just couldn't get anything generated. As soon as we got to that awareness, I'm like, how you doing? Better, worse, or the same? Because I always ask that question because I want feedback. You know, I want to know if we're going in the direction of more lightness. And she's like, so much lighter. I'm like, cool. Do you get the sense that you can start creating now again? And she's like, yes. 
I said, good. Will you destroy that goal and all the other ones you have about an amount of money that you haven't acknowledged? Yes. Okay. So we ran this clearing statement and it's interesting because the other day she called and she's like, oh my gosh, I just received thousands of dollars. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Now we're talking. That's the way it ought to be. The thing about all of these things that we have is it's not what we think it is. Because if it were, we would already have changed it. That is the truth. You know, so many of your answers, I was like, oh, like my body was like, oh, okay. Oh, wow, Andrew, I see. Because <laughs> even when I asked that question, I felt a sense of heaviness because I didn't want to come across like I was judging from that perspective. I was genuinely curious. And I felt so much lighter even before you said that, as you started explaining, I'm like, oh, I see, I see. And I actually was starting to feel lighter. And I was like, this, this is making sense. The part that started clicking with me is that trying to control, like I'm a financial planner. All we do is try to tight-fistedly control people's futures. That is impossible to do. And damn it, if we get it wrong, then we got the plan wrong. And we're, of course, it doesn't show up properly because we're like so fixated on creating, I guess, the future that... Like we have a control into existence as opposed to, I, I, I see like putting this paper into the drawer, then we could start receiving. And it might not look, what I'm hearing, it might not look exactly like if we're tight-fisted around it, but if we're willing to accept and receive, it might come in maybe a different version, maybe a different colored shirt. Exactly. And, and it does. Here's the interesting thing with the financial planning is, well, this idea of control to create you eliminate all the magic. I know I sound like a dreaming idiot, but we're magical. When we're being us, we're fucking miraculous. You know, I got to I got to say a little tweak on that that I was corrected. I do this podcast now. Oh yeah, you're on it. <laughs> but sometimes I have this <laughs> I heard. <laughs> sometimes I have this musician come on who I met like 6 years ago at a meditation conference and he did a workshop on singing his name's Ruta, but anyhow he can create a song on the spot, what we talked about. And he'll come on here with a guest. He wasn't available today. And he'll sing a song right on the spot. And we recently did a conference on our money stories. And we created this like song based on the audience's money story. That's what is super fun. But I'm like, you are magic. He's like, no, no, no. I'm a wizard. He's like, magic is make-belief. Wizards are real. <laughs> I absolutely concur with that. This idea of energy and the flow of energy, and I'm going to jump back to the clearing statement because you mentioned that a few times and listening to your podcast at first, I was like, huh? And now I, I, I did some research in on what your clearing statement is. So I want to talk about that, but we're going to park it for the audience for a quick second. But you talked about energy and the flow of energy in your response about, again, controlling these desired outcomes. And I like this idea of just letting it go and see what's going to come in. Do you think your past experience as a chiropractor where I could be wrong, but I feel like chiropractor is about aligning the body so the energies through your body can flow through you easier maybe. Do you think this idea of chiropractor aligning the body worked into your work now is where you're helping people flow energy through their body without resistance through your consciousness work? Well, I would say that everything I've done has been a contribution to what I'm doing now. And you know, and I, I see that actually with everyone who will allow that to be the case, you know, but the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, has all been a contribution. And 
you know, I did network chiropractic for a while and that was an amazing body of work that also has an energetic basis to it. And it's interesting because the first time I met Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, he came into my office for a chiropractic session and he said, look, the first two levels of what you do don't work on me. You need to go straight to the third level. And I was like, what? I don't know how to do that. And he said, ask my body what it wants, follow the energy, you will know what to do. He was the first person in my life to tell me that I know. It was amazing. It was a level of peace and space. And what occurred was a totally different way of working with people in their bodies out of this session that I now call ESB, Energetic Synthesis of Being which is, of course, tying in the energetics and the being <laughs> and giving you access to all the parts of you that you have separated from at any point in your being's history, basically. But it's kind of like everything I did opened the door for what I do. One of the big things we suggest in Access or offer as tools is to ask questions. And some great questions can be like, what else is possible? How does it get any better than this? Like, if you don't know what to do, like, what else is possible? Or there's something where it looks like there's just a big wall in front of you. What else is possible? And if something good happens, how does it get any better than this? Which doesn't stop it. It lets it keep going. If something bad happens, how does it get any better than this? Which allows it to get better. But one of the great questions we can ask is, what's right about this I'm not getting? And what's right about me, I'm not getting. Because to the extent that we're holding on to the negativity embodied in our story, we are bringing that negativity forward with us. And the only space of true freedom is when you're not functioning from the polarized point of view of right or wrong. That's the only space where true freedom exists. And as long as we're functioning from wrong or right, we're destroying our capacity to be truly free and to truly receive. Because the whole idea of money, the, the biggest impediment to our having ease with money is our willingness to receive. But when I first met Gary, the founder of Access, we were up shoveling horse shit one day because he had horses. And I'm like, sure, I'll help you if I get to talk to you. You know, no problem. You got free labor here. Just keep giving me awareness here, dude. Keep giving me more access to my consciousness, you know? And I said, Gary, I want help with my money issue or my money problem. He said, Dane, you don't have a money problem. I was like, no, no, Gary, you don't understand. I want help with my money problem. He said, Dane, you don't have a money problem. I said it again. And he said, Dane, you don't have a money problem. And I went, oh. And then I finally asked a question. What do you mean? He said, Dane, there's no such thing as a money problem. There's only a problem in what you're willing to receive. And I was like, oh, my Lord. So this whole thing that I think is about money is actually about my willingness to receive, as it is for all of us. There's no such thing as a money issue. There's only an issue in what you're willing to receive. Well, with that, what I now am aware of, and it took me a while to get there, is that our willingness to receive the good, the bad, and the ugly without avoiding, without defending, without separating, without projecting and expecting allows everything to start showing up with ease. 
And one of the other tools that we have, we call it a mantra because we don't know what the heck else to call it, is all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And glory is exuberant expression and abundance. It's not a religious thing. If you'll say that, you don't even have to believe it. I know I didn't when I started. You know, if you'll say it 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening, your life starts to change because what you're doing is you're taking yourself out of the idea. Like, you know, a lot of people have done affirmations Mm -hmm. and they find that they work for a little while and then they don't seem to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because what eventually will show up in your life is your real point of view. So the affirmation is trying to overcome a point of view you have. Whereas with the clearing statement, we actually change the point of view. So you don't have to overcome a point of view because you undo the fixed point of view or the limited point of view, which is always based in a polarity. If we don't have polarity, we don't have a point from which we view anything. We view everything as space and from space. So this idea of taking a point of view, a positive or a negative, what it does is it quite literally you know, we know positive and negative are attracted to each other, but it quite literally takes your awareness and puts it at one point, And now this becomes your reality. And so all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory is an acknowledgement that the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, because I'm sorry, you know, a lot of affirmations are like, only good things happen to me. Only good things happen. Uh-uh. Sorry, dude, you're living on this planet. You're going to have to deal with shit too. Okay. Like there's going to be good, there's going to be bad, there's going to be ugly, hopefully a lot more good and yummy for you. But all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening starts to open up your willingness to have it all show up and no longer have to resist and react and avoid and defend. And what happens in that case, what that creates is, see, our resistance, our reaction our avoidance and our defense, that is what stops our receiving. So for example, you know, a lot of us experience meanness. We experience judgment. Some of us experienced a lot of abuse. And so the only solution it seemed like we had at the time was to put up walls energetically. But here's the thing. Right now, if you build a brick wall all around you to keep out bad guys Well, that wall doesn't know to let in money and let in love and let in gratitude. It keeps everything out, which is why it's the receiving that we've got to change if we're going to change our money situation. Yeah, so I'm hearing a lot of this acceptance and self-awareness of what's coming at me. And I, I appreciate how you say like, yeah, life isn't always positive, but you're talking about receiving everything as a way to... I guess not hold on that I'm bad for receipt or I'm bad for feeling stress or anxiety or whatever it is that we might judge to be bad. You're saying receive that is just what it is. And I could see how that could help self-regulate us to reduce those walls. There's one other tool that, that speaks directly to that also, this conversation, which is the famous Russian, Justin Ipov. Okay. It's where you're willing to have everything be just an interesting point of view. Can we try something? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, and everybody listening, you can do this if you have something that is there. And and basically the way it works as a way of sort of showing it or explaining it is if you take some upset, some yuck stuck energy that's still in your world, like something that's unresolved that 
is still there somehow. Okay. So what I'd like you to do is just get that. So basically you're just acknowledging that it's there like, Hey, you know, hi. Okay. And now what I'd like you to do is kind of lower the walls and barriers you've used to try to separate from it. Because when we have something like that in our world, what we do is we try to wall it off because, well, it doesn't feel good. Why would we not want to put it in a box and put it on the shelf somewhere far away from us? You know what I mean? The difficulty with that is that becomes yet another thing in the Santa sack of crap that we're carrying that we have unresolved. And it's occurred in such a sort of present time or intense way that it eats at us energetically. So rather than avoid it, lower the walls and barriers you have toward it and everything you're doing to try to avoid it. And then just get that energy and just say to it, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Cool. And you can do it in your head too, either way. Might actually be better if you do it in your head because then you you and it are having the conversation. You know what I mean? Okay, so usually it might change a little bit on that first one. Now get whatever energy is there now and go, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And now whatever energy that just shifted into, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. So, did you notice anything shifting? I'm looking at you like you're a hypnotist of some sort because I have something and I, I actually engaged in your exercise. And I, I, I'm not just saying this because you have a nice shirt and you're on my podcast. <laughs> and a great background. And a great background with white peacocks that have been eating and I've been watching them. I actually felt like hair lifting up on my arms. I'm not just saying that because I have something that's actually important that I've been holding on to. Yeah, I get it. And that's the thing is this stuff just, it just works, you know, which which sounds kind of cheesy to me even saying that, but I mean that in the sense of it's not logical. It's beyond logical. It's directly addressing the energetic places where we stick ourselves that we don't even know. And, you know, we've been on a journey. Gary's been on a journey for 30 years. I've been on a journey for 22 years of finding these ways of changing things that basically nobody else knows about. You know, and it's an interesting thing because when somebody's willing to allow it to, it works about 95, 98, 99% of the time. I feel like like my little experience there was like, it just, instead of being like stuck in it, I just kind of acknowledged it and using my logical mind was like, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Whereas if I just get buried in it, the emotions start coming in and the walls start coming up and like, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Where at least on that thing that I had going on, it was just like, what are you doing? I think the way you described it is actually brilliant. It's like, oh, I'm no longer avoiding it now. It's like, oh, okay, I can let it be what it is. But that's the space of freedom. Let's dream for a moment. Imagine a world in which you were that way with everything. Well, that's what consciousness gives you. And the reason we call this work access consciousness, because that's exactly what it's about. And we have a definition of consciousness, which is where everything exists and nothing is judged, which is you just undid the judgment of it. You know, and I'm not trying to prove anything by saying that, but what I am trying to do is invite people to the awareness that is possible to live a dynamically different life that actually really works for you, that you really love, 
and nobody has ever told you before now. Totally. And you talk about this energy is like this currency of money. Just I could see how it just weaves in there and steals that energy out of you. I mentioned we're parking this clearing statement. What is the clearing statement and how does it help us? I just want to read this because when I heard you say it on your podcast, I was like, huh? And he said like 14 times on it. But no, I'm going to let you say it. I'll, I'll let you say it. It's just fun to say, actually. <laughs> it is. It is fun to say. It's right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pod, all nine, shorts, boys, hovads, and beyonds. And you hear that, you're like, what the, what, do, what? But the interesting part is I used to try to explain it to people because I'm oriented or used to be oriented very similarly to you where it's like, I want to understand it and I must understand it for it to work. Hello. And with this, I was in my very first or second session that I had the girl doing it. Shannon started using this and I was like, she's like, do you want me to explain? I'm like, no, just go for it. And she just in an hour using this. Oh my God. It felt like everything changed. I was like, damn. This is, I don't know what you said. I don't know what those words were, but I feel different. And so there's different aspects of the clearing statement. And if you really want an explanation of it, me and my really good friend, Simone Millicis, explain it. And you can go to theclearingstatement.com to find it. If we look at sort of the kernel of it, POC and POD stands for going back to the point of creation of a limitation or the point of destruction. Because we can either create a limitation whether we buy a point of view or whatever, or we can destroy something that's not limited and not allow ourselves to have access to it. So it addresses both of those, okay? But the way it basically works is, it's like, you know, the room you're in, the walls look solid, but science tells us they're 99.99999% space. But at some point, they were seen or put into a solid perspective, and that's where they're living now, well, what if it's the same thing with the limitations in our lives? And the being that we are knows we don't have to live with this shit, but the rules of this reality are such that when you make a choice and you make a polarized choice, you're stuck with that. Well, this is like a get out of jail free card. What it basically does is it changes any fixation that you have and it's kind of like, have you ever heard people do cancel clear? Mm -hmm. They say, oh, I hate myself. Oh, cancel clear, cancel mm -hmm. clear, cancel clear. But it, nothing gets canceled and nothing gets clear. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that, but it works. But it's not just when you say something limited right now. It also, this too works energetically because we're energetic beings. So what it actually works on is like any of those yuck or stuck energies those things, you can get the sense of that and go, okay, so everything I did to create that, I now destroy and uncreate it. And you could just use the short form. You just go pock and pot. And why? Because millions of people have used it and are using it around the world right now. So it, it's like you can just do pock and pot. Or you can do like I do because I'm anal retentive and want to make sure I don't miss something, which is right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povats, and beyonds. So you could just do that. Just go destroy and uncreate it, pock and pod, or everything Dane said. It's still worse because you're addressing the energy and you're, you're acknowledging that and asking for it. And this is also 
a dynamic element of actualizing ask and you shall receive. And so in a typical session or a typical class, like somebody will say something like the lady with the business who stopped. I'm like, cool, what's up? If you could have anything out of the session, what would it be? And she went, well, my business is dead. I would like to undo whatever I'm doing to do that. I'm like, cool. Okay. So number one, everything that is and everything that doesn't allow you to know what's going on and actually have the willingness to change it, will you destroy and uncreate it? And she goes, yes. And I go, okay, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povets, and beyonds. Even that is like the start of opening a door because now we're using the brilliance of our capacities, but also our mental capacity to, along with this, to affect energetic change. And this is where the fun comes in because you, you literally start to realize I can change almost anything. And what it actually does, you know how I said your point of view creates your reality? What it actually does is you become your own sleuth about the limited points of view because a limited point of view will always make you feel heavy. An unlimited point of view or your point of view, which is true for you, will always make you feel light. So let's say you're going to see mom and dad and you're like, oh God, I hate that energy. You know, a lot of people have that with their parents, but they're not supposed to acknowledge it. But why? Because you're walking back into the presence of all that shit you've been judged for your entire life and judging yourself for all the stuff, right? All the family stuff. And so what you can do is go, okay, so everything that brings up, destroy and uncreate it, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povads and beyonds. And you don't even necessarily know what it is. So that's one tiny part. And then we have a lot of questions, like one great question, any, anytime we're stuck and this works great with money is what am I avoiding? Like, what am I avoiding regarding this? And what I've found is avoiding plus defending for and against is a recipe for making ourselves stuck. So you could ask, okay, what am I avoiding regarding money? Or what am I avoiding regarding having more money than God? You know? Or what am I avoiding that keeps me from having more money than God? And I like saying that because that just messes with people's heads. You know, that's just so much fun. And then you go, okay, everything that is. And what happens is you'll get a sense of energy. And sometimes you won't, especially when you ask, what am I avoiding? Crickets, man. You won't, you're like, I don't mm -hmm. think anything is happening. Just go, every, whatever that is, but you're not aware of it because you're avoiding it. That's mm -hmm. the whole point, right? And so you can't really tap into the energy a lot of times. But if you run it 10 or 15 or 20 times, you go, what am I avoiding? You go, holy shit, I'm avoiding being an asshole like my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad, whenever he had money, was the biggest jerk and I don't want to be that. So I would rather be poor and not an asshole, you know? And you get an awareness like that, it changes your whole reality. And then, see, because previously, when you have an awareness, it's like, well, that's a great awareness, but then the same thing shows up tomorrow. With the clearing statement, this is where your consciousness, your awareness come together to be able to keep the change because now you go, oh, everything that is, and you're talking about everything it brought up, not just what you think is in your head. I now destroy and uncreate all that. Pock and pot, or right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povets, and beyonds. And now you go through the world different. And now all those buttons that would have gotten pushed every time it was time to actually maybe receive more money than you thought you were comfortable with that would turn you into an asshole just like your dad, those buttons don't get pushed anymore. And now what starts to happen, the more you use this in different areas, you don't have any buttons to push anymore. And you walk through the world and you're like, wow, what else is possible?
What else can I create? What else can I choose? How much more fun can I have? How much more money can I create? How many more projects can I have? How much, you know, becomes a totally different perspective of reality. You just went into flow zone there talking, by the way. I was enjoying listening and seeing you explain that. And I can't help but think when you're saying walking around, what else is possible? A couple of weeks ago, this musician, I we went to this conference I was mentioning. I walked in there to a professional setting where usually you have a suit and nice, maybe a tie or maybe not. But if you want to look casually, you don't have the tie. I went in there with a Hawaiian shirt, jean jacket, and a mustache. And I felt so good just walking up on stage with that. And we did our thing. And we both were like, what's next? And so anyhow. That's awesome. I really appreciate this. The awareness and consciousness coming together. It's something that I don't want to say we overlook, but at least myself. And I can definitely feel and see that flow of energy. And I just go back to those two things are sticking out to me. That exercise you got me and the listeners to do is like, holy shit, that worked. And then when you just explain that, what else is possible? It just brought me back to that time in Denver where I was walking around with mustache and jean shirt. So, so my last question is this. Let's suppose you're at end of life, however old you are. You're at end of life and you're sitting somewhere that brings you peace, ease, and contentment. It could be looking at this beautiful bayou backyard where white peacocks run around. And well, 800 years from now, I probably won't be living in the same place, but that's oh, okay. okay. Let's go. 800. Let's go. Okay, so you're on this porch. <laughs> you take out your notepad. And you decide to write a letter about what you learned on how to have a healthy, happy relationship with money. What would be a theme to that letter? The theme would be relax, enjoy, recognize that you are a gift, and recognize that any limited point of view you have is not truly you, the being, and you, the being, is the one that has the capacity to create truly infinite abundance of all forms, including money. Well said. You summarized our conversation in a sentence. I appreciate that. I've really appreciated this conversation. As a bar. Where can listeners find more about your podcast, your books, your work? I believe you have a, an event coming up this weekend, even. Yeah, actually a global bars class. And bars was actually the thing that saved my life an hour and 15 minutes. And there's also a, an event class that anybody can attend either online or in person in Houston, which is called Everything is Possible. How do I get there? And so it's nice because I don't often facilitate classes that don't have prerequisites. And so this is a weekend of that. So you can go to drdanehere.com and lots of access, you know, like to the podcast, The Possibility Explorer, and also on YouTube, I've got something like almost a thousand videos right now. And I started releasing these 10-hour loops that people are sleeping to. And people are saying, oh my God, I am having the best sleep of my life. And it feels like I'm changing something while I am. So there is so much available. And part of my target is to let people know that these possibilities exist. So go there, check it out. There's lots of free stuff. And please just recognize that whatever change you're looking for, including changing your money situation, is actually possible now more than ever. Well, thank you for this. We'll include that in the show notes. And thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Most Hated F Word podcast. 
If you enjoy Dane's perspective, I highly recommend his book, Money Isn't the Problem, You Are. One last thing before you head out, if you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, it would make me smile. Thanks for tuning in this week and have yourself a great one. It's just the wind in the sea